a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. They are a passionate team who speak moto from talking about going riding, bench racing from the, on the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear from the top-notch companies out there. They have uh, they, whatever your passion. They've got the gear to keep you on the trail or track safely. MotorcycleSuperstore.com has uh, everything you need, over 700 trusted brands, and we thank those guys for coming on board. Of course, the Motorcycle Superstore team. Top Jimmy and uh, Kyle Cunningham was back this weekend. PB, uh, PB, uh, Peter uh, Bob dash pulp 16 is the code. PB dash pulp 16 is the code for 10% off on motorcyclesuperstore.com. So go there, punch in the code for pulp, and uh, save yourself some money and uh, support these podcasts. And of course, uh, Fox Racing, foxhead.com, the latest and greatest from those guys. Uh, foxhead.com, visit your local authorized Fox dealer. If they don't have Fox, go to another dealer. Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, just some of the guys that wear Fox. And, uh, again, this is the High Point Review, round four of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Series. I'm Steve Mathis, again. With me on the line, my boss at RacerX Online. He is the voice of motocross, the voice of endurocross, the voice of GNCC, the voice of a few other things. Uh, the Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah. Can you hear those dogs barking? Uh, you're damn right. Yeah, somebody's ringing my doorbell over and over. Like, stop it. So, uh, also to clear, clean audio has always irked me on this show. I do everything I can to make sure there's never background noise on my end, and this is what I get. And in this return. is what you get. Uh, also yeah. on the line, uh, selling fly racing across the world. Uh, he is uh, Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Not too much. Just uh, trying to figure out who's the least professional of this podcast right now between Steve's dogs and. <laughs> Weege not answering texts and me not being able to do it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying people to get these done on Sundays, and Weege and JT, uh, either one or both of them, stop it. They never let it happen. And I really like to do these on Sundays. Yeah, I feel like that's, a ridi- that's, that's ridiculous that, that this is you, – you claim every Sunday that we are slackers and we are not committed because we are not doing it on Sunday. Like, I think that's an unrealistic request. I don't at all. The race is fresh in everybody's minds. We're back. We're, it's an hour. It's an hour. And I don't care that you got kids and things going on. It's an hour. We know you don't you know? care. The you know. problem is, is that that's just how it's going to be. The people want to hear this. people do. That's the problem. That's people, the problem. Other people, people do. And, and you yeah. give me, we, you give us a window of like an hour at some time. You know, you're obviously you're three hours ahead of, ahead of me. So. No, the window is always after 9 p.m. Eastern is usually what it is. Then the window can stretch. But... That seems to then then you will respond back. Oh, going out to dinner with Pookie, but that's okay. That's okay. I threw out the half day after nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock your time, dinner time. I just want everybody I to know that I I try to do this on Sundays and I always get shut down. That's the bottom line. Yeah, it's not happening. Yep. All right. Well, 
Uh, high point, uh, round four, um, has, uh, has come and gone. And I guess I'll start with you, Weech. So, Roxon wins again. Did you think – But okay, so the Cowie guys really worked on starts with Tillmac. Uh They made some changes to his clutch and to his motor, and it worked. His starts were better. But did you think, Weech, it was a little strange when Tomac got up after, you know, in that first moto after he was on Kenny, like, I kind of expected him to just sort of zap Marvin and Anderson and get back into second right away because he was riding that well, but it never really happened. And then second moto, you know, he, he comes up and he – he catches Kenny at some point and uh, puts, I don't want to say puts heat on him, but whatever, you know, catches Kenny, which is an odd thing to uh, to do. And and then he, you know, gets second place. But that first moto, like, he just fell over in a rut, and then he couldn't get his mojo back. Weird. I thought it was weird. Yeah, I think, honestly, people were just maybe planning it in their own heads. Like, you knew that if things with Dungey being out kept going the way they were, that Roxanne's just going to completely make an abomination of the series. So I think everybody was maybe secretly hoping, like, but there is the chance that Tomac, with a week off, he seemed to be a little bit better in his second motor at Lakewood, so maybe things are rolling. I mean, just for the consideration of having some interesting racing, I think there was a hope that Tomac would bring it, and when he actually nearly hole-shot the first motor and was sticking with Kenny for a few laps. So maybe it was a little bit powered, not by fairness, but maybe just – wanting to see that happen like okay we got a race we mm-hmm. do have a race uh and it seemed good and then yeah so once he fell you're like okay well this is a guy we thought could maybe battle kenny in this moto who clearly just passed everyone else yeah uh it didn't happen and then um this goes back to what jt was saying i think all the way back at hangtown there was a to me very puzzling last two laps of the motos it just seems like something happens to tomac man he doesn't seem to be able to maintain it it's very strange to me but Anytime you think some big charge is going to happen, like the last two laps, end up not being so good. It's weird to me. Yeah, do you remember his 250F days where, you know, the last quarter of the race, he was oh, just – God. Uh, I mean, he was literally like someone put a rocket on him. Um, but but before we go too far down that path, also remember that when this Chupacabra thing was happening, all of the uh, the claims that were being thrown around by that camp – about how strong Baggett was, and it's impossible to be that strong, and he was so much better. So we've seen it before. Maybe not in a while, but we've seen it before. I just feel like he's got literally – it's looking to me like he's got 30 minutes in him exactly. And the last two laps of a lot of – there's been a couple times, like I think Glenn Helen, it was like, wait, maybe he's going to make a run at Dunge here for a second. And then the last mm-hmm. two laps just bombed out. We saw it against Baggett, Nomoto, Hangtown, and – um it looked like, yeah, maybe he was going to put a charge in in that second moto. I think it was really just down to Kenny said that he messed up some line choices, and that's where he's losing time, and then he kind of fixed it. But, I mean, down the stretch, it was over. It's just a little it's, a little puzzling to me in a much larger thing that's puzzling overall, which I'm sure everybody's wondering, like, why aren't we quite seeing what we thought we'd see? Well, Tomac? he was better. He was better. This was yeah. his best race. Um, yep. Both Tomac and Jeremy Martin – like, J-Mart made a – obviously, his bike broke this weekend, and we'll touch on that. We'll talk more about that as we get on. But Jeremy hasn't quite been the same either. He told me this weekend, I'm finally feeling better, you know, so maybe he was at a little bit of sickness or whatever. But J-Mart, like, uncharacteristically in the first moto, tipped it over. Um, he doesn't seem to be as strong late in the race. Alex seems to be better than Jeremy right now. Um both guys, I, I, and you know, both guys have outdoor titles and, and are these outdoor warriors, and 
scratching my head at both guys, really, right now. I'm wondering what exactly, it's just small stuff, just small indicators that neither guy is quite as strong as they've been in the past. Kmart, uh, yeah, I thought, okay, now he had the week off and he was really going to get back to Minnesota. And now, I mean, he had three weeks or so. That cold's got to be gone. And he said, no, I only really rode four times over the, you know, ten days. Mm-hmm. It's still coming slowly. I still have to be careful. And then Amart even said some motos he did with him. Jeremy only had like 20 minutes before he kind of hit the wall. And to me, I'm combining this evidence of five weeks of this. I mean, five weeks in Tanktown, and he still seems to have some sort of thing he's dealing with. Yeah. I mean, I hate to put Pisces dots together. Any leaves O'Mara, I just get a little worried that there's some sort of health issue that's a little worse than a head cold. Okay, I'm, so, I'm wondering. so JT, this isn't panic button level. Level of concern. The level of concern is higher with J-Mart or higher with Eli? Uh, not panic. I would say not J- panic. Yeah. Yeah, concern. I, w- I would say J-Mart. Uh, because Eli, he's just a second place guy right now. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a matter of getting tired or a matter of anything. I mean, he's just not quite as good as Kenny. Um, he didn't win the championship last year. He really hasn't been all that fantastic all year, to be honest with you. So I think it's just more of the same. It's just kind of the same level we've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, where J-Mart, I mean, he's the two-time defending champ. His toughest competition moved out of the class. And, I mean, we would all be lying to ourselves if we didn't think he was going to dominate the series coming in. And that just hasn't happened. So I don't know what's going on with J-Mart. I, I haven't liked his speed. I haven't liked his fitness. I haven't liked, you know, lots of things with this program. I didn't like his bike. Uh, and he, he, was, he didn't like his bike this weekend. Yeah, of yeah. course. But he was expected to dominate this. Where Tomac, uh, you know, I think a lot of people had high hopes for him, but coming in against Dungey and, and Rocks, and I don't think anybody expected him to quote-unquote dominate. Where I fully expected J-Mart to win, you know, 9 out of 12 races or so, I really thought that would happen looking at who he had to compete against. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I mean, that's been far from the case. Savachi's won 3 out of 4, and, and really, uh, other than his... Uh, just weird race at Glen Helen. I mean, maybe he, he, you know, he's been overall the best guy by quite a bit. It's it's uh, it's interesting that we haven't seen the best of both guys. Weege, uh, Roxon, can we just say he's won every moto? I mean, can we just say that? I know the record, the points don't indicate that, but let's just say that he won every moto. Yeah, I know it's super, super, super early to be even talking about anything to do with like perfect seasons or anything like that, but. Is there a chance that that? Well, that's where I'm going. going to lose a lot that, at the time, it was like, ah, okay, he lost it overall, but he still has a point, so he's okay. Is there a chance that's going to loom a little bit larger? I don't know. I think so, man. I mean, like, how do you? How does he lose one? Well, you know, Eli. I looked at some lap times yesterday because there was a charge that Eli put on. Eli dropped his yeah. time by almost three seconds on one lap, and then the next lap he he did a two minute flat. He was doing two o twos, two o threes. Then he goes two minutes. I don't know if he cut the track. I don't know what happens. He goes two minutes yeah. flat. Then he then he makes up another second and a half on Kenny. And everything looks great. And then after that, they kind of equalize, and he's not able to get any closer to him. But really, I never felt like one for one second Kenny was in trouble. He just seemed to be able to pull away like whenever he could, or Eli had to do this superhuman lap to even get close to him. Uh, and the first moto looked promising, but it was early when Tomac tipped it over. So I don't know. Like this, this, this could get out of hand 
for everybody but Kenny Roxon, right? He looks great. I don't yeah, know. I don't know if it's certainly no drop off. Dungeon not being there or whatever. I felt like no. I felt like I was there for Ricky's two perfect seasons and, and there for for Stu's perfect season. Um, I still feel like, and I know it's early, but I feel like those two guys were way better than everybody. And Kenny's not there yet, but you know what? Maybe he is. Like, maybe he's just kind of riding as much as he needs to. I felt like Stu wanted to crush everybody. Ricky wanted to crush everybody. Kenny's like, eh, a win's a win. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I agree pretty much all that. (laughs) What do you think, JT? I think so. I I expected him to uh, win by a bit more this weekend. Um, You know, the first mode, he kind of got handed a gift, and I I was – I was interested to see how that moto is going to play out uh, because, you know, of course, that's the first time we've seen Eli get a good start. And uh, we kind of all got robbed of, you know, perhaps a battle, mm-hmm. uh, which we haven't really seen other than one moto you know, between Ryan and, and Kenny. Um, but, yeah, you know, I don't know if Kenny was just kind of managing the race. Uh, the track was really treacherous. So I think we have to uh, kind of bring that into account, too, as you could – you could make a mistake and be on your head really, really easily, yeah. which we saw, you know, lots of guys do. So I think, and I would attribute it more to that. It was more of a, hey, this track is is sketchy, and I have to respect it. So I'm just going to do what I got to do here to win. Uh, I'm not going to go out and just try to destroy everyone because that will open myself up to making a big mistake on a track that was really prone to it. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. Um, it was sketchy. It was deep ruts, man. Uh, it was softer in practice than I think. They'd got some rains, some heavy rains, and it was softer in practice, and uh, it got hard. But they didn't groom it that much, Weege. I don't know if you – I guess you're stuck in a trailer. Um, and, JT, you weren't there. They groomed a few corners, but I was surprised. Like, they left some stuff alone where I'm like, ooh, really? Ooh, ouch. Like, I don't, I don't want to go there if I'm, if I'm a racer. It was, it was bad. It, they were deep ruts. I talked to uh... – John Ayers, legend and hero now, uh, who's honored there for the first motos. I know a lot of people were pumped on that. Congratulations, John. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ayers, who's a local to the area, you know, used to race and now works in sports and has handled a lot of different things in the industry. Anyway, he's kind of a point man with the tracks, too. So uh, I asked him before the first motos, you know, how, it was Thursday night, I think, they had a ton of rain. They yep. didn't race amateurs on Friday to try to preserve it. So he said the theory was, Either they groomed it a lot, I think, after the practices, because I know, I know, I know that's how this works. Rougher is better. Just leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it. That's always the answer. So it's 45-minute motos with Bob Hanna on two strokes in 100-degree heat. I know that's the answer. <laughs> um, but he's like, the problem is when you leave it from a muddy practice like that, you get these sections that are just like mud bogs, and there's just ruts that are sideways and going everywhere, and you can't really race through them. They're like, we'll wait until the track gets to the point where the lines are printing down are decent, good lines, and then we're just going to leave it. And I think that's exactly what they did, and it kind of worked. Like that one super nasty section in the middle where Amark went off the track twice, mm-hmm. it was treacherous, but we saw, like, a lot of passes through there. And, like, the inside worked sometimes, the middle, the outside. It was gnarly, but it was slow, so it wasn't super dangerous, and we, they did make passes, so it seemed like they got it right. It wasn't so ridiculous that you just couldn't pass because you were worried about crashing. You could pass, but it was slow enough where if you did go down, yeah, it was. Uh, it didn't cause problems. It's a real thinking man's track, you know, and and, and a line that you take, yeah. a line you take in the first moto is now garbage for the second moto. You know, the rut, the yeah. line, whatever. And man, I, you know, who was really good at 
well, obviously Kenny was too, but Plessinger was going right across ruts and and just kind of just you know riding his own track a little bit out there. I really stuck that. Out. I noticed that for sure, um, and that's kind of what you got to do, huh, JT? Like just sort yeah, of think, out it, the, think outside the box. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because you know the the last national racetrack that I've ridden on in years was Indiana last year, uh, and this track reminded me so much of how Indiana played out. Um, just lots of rut, ruts. It was very very soft at Indiana, and uh, you know obviously the rains at High Point turned the track into that. And there was just ruts everywhere. There were ruts down the straightaways. There were ruts down the hills. There were ruts through every turn, <laughs> yeah. and that's how Indiana was. Uh, very very similar to that, and then you saw kind of the the same players riding up front guys like Plessinger and Muscan and obviously Muscan's bike you know uh, failed him in Indiana last year but uh, Purcell was on the podium last year at Indiana Um, and it was because I just think it's that kind of track uh, because we don't get we don't get the variation and I'm writing about this today but it really was kind of a throwback race to when tracks were different Um, you would go to Hangtown and track was rock hard and like you know basically like riding on a freeway uh, with some holes in it, and then you would go to um, Mount Morris, and it would be super ruddy and up and down hills. Uh, and then you'd go to a sand track. Well, this was kind of a throwback to where we don't get that. We don't get those kind of tracks anymore, where there's a million ruts in every turn and all the way up and down the hills. We just there's so much maintenance, and all the tracks are built to be similar, which I, I think overall is a positive uh, because it's better racing and better dirt and safer and all those things. Um, but it was just a track I haven't seen in a long time, almost back to maybe when, uh, Steve Whitelock had, you know, enforced the no, no track maintenance rules. Um, that, that's kind of what it felt like was the tracks, how they were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And high points, one track that's really remained true to its roots too. Red butts change a lot. Hangtown's changed a lot. A lot of tracks have changed. Uh, high point. It's always been that way. So, yeah. And I think, uh, the one difference with high point is that, um, it gets so much work and it gets really, really hard packed now or at high point in, in recent years that it doesn't get really, really ruddy. Like down the straightaways, there's not ruts like there was mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, down the stair steps, it was just all ruts, you know, and, and certain sections. I mean, guys were like hopping and jumping across you know, big, huge bumps, like really, really slow. But if you could do it correctly, it was really fast, which is uh, – you know, super technical stuff, almost like we would see more overseas than the kind of racing we see here more typically, um, where our tracks here are usually really, really good, and, and the dirt's awesome and really, really fast, but maybe a bit one-lined, and doesn't they don't take a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, they just take a lot of, you know, skill and bravery to go fast and, and speed. Um, so it was just it was a different different looking race than I think we're used to seeing. And it was kind of cool. I think we we could use more variation like that in our in our series sometimes. Maybe it'll help the motocross the nations push. Right, yeah. right. And I wrote about that as well. As I think we've lost a bit of our prowess in that particular event because we go race on a different style track than we've you know some of these guys have ever raced on before, mm-hmm. and we just don't see those conditions. And I think we suffer from that at times. Anderson goes three three for second. Marvin goes 2-4 for third. They t- he ties with Anderson, but Anderson got the tie break. And then Eli goes 5-2 for fourth. And uh, I imagine Tomac was probably pretty pissed. But Yeah, but look at the difference in Muscan. Oh, from, yeah. You know, going from the, the basically the first three tracks. I know they're not exactly the same. Don't get me wrong. But they're similar. They are hard pack. Glen Helen has some sand in it. But, you know, they're they're basically very similar as far as how they're laid out. 
Um, and then you go to a track like Mount Morris where the dirt is just completely different in ruts and, mm-hmm. and super soft and very much, very slow comparatively to those two tracks. And Muscan goes from a guy that's struggling to stay inside the top 10 to a legitimate podium threat all day long. I mean, he, he deserved to be on the podium uh, yesterday, no questions asked. So it was just funny was to great, see yeah. um, the complete difference in results based off of a track. And we don't see that all that much anymore. It was just there were so many talking points from the track change, uh, and the results kind of reflected that. Yeah, first East Coast National, you know. Um, yeah, Marvin was good. Marvin was really good, and and he's fast on this track. He always has been. So I don't know this weekend's. Well, you know what? He won Muddy Creek before too, didn't he? Go two two for the overall, right on two fifty class. Um, so Marvin might be good again this weekend. Yeah, one point two thousand thirteen. I think he won. He won Muddy Creek and a High Point back to back. Yeah, yeah. Um, against Roxon and Tomac, even. Yeah. So he he yep. could be real good again this this weekend, and. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up. Barsha Purcell, uh, five six, another couple of guys that haven't been having great seasons, but hit the East Coast and they turn around. Barsha whole shot the second moto, and uh, Purcell was uh, pretty strong all day, really. So I was still a bit disappointed in Barsha's second moto, though. I mean, well, I guess the, I think that's just what he is, JT. I, I, know, I, yeah. I hear you, yeah. and I, I agree. I just think that with the way the field is, with those guys out there. Uh, he should have gotten third place in that moto. He's not, uh, that's just how I see it. He's not going to. He's not going to talk to you if you keep talking like that. No, I. And it's not a personal. I just think with he's gonna, his, he's going to get know, the ride he has, the expectations on him, the equipment he has. I think he should have gotten third in that moto. I don't think he's quite as good as Eli or Kenny. So, I've, granted, that's fine. But yeah. I think he should beat Marvin, and I think he should beat Anderson, or at least be in the battle, not just you know get shuffled back as quickly as it did. Well, according to Weege, Noah McConaughey got fourth that moto. He said it on TV <laughs> and everything. Uh, <laughs> I like yeah. Chris Powell. Our, our group text, something happened, and you just, JT, you put, come on, Weege. <laughs> That's all you said. Come on, Weege. <laughs> it's like a disappointed uh, father. It was like a disappointed yeah. father talking to his son. <laughs> yeah, well, we're all in this together. You know, Steve and I had our moment in the sun as NBC stars. Yes, exactly. And exactly. Yeah, I just I, was, I felt bad for Weege because I know you're better than you that. Weege Weege knows better than that. But what are you going to do? The <laughs> he, screen's telling hey, you. Weege is like Ron something. Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Right. <laughs> Put anything on the screen and he'll say it. <laughs> well, the first one I saw was Norrin, and I don't think Norrin Norrin fifth is what it was. And I was like, eh, that's possible. That's possible. <laughs> uh, then I think it was McConaughey eighth. Right. And then I was like, wait a minute. Well, they, and then yeah, and then somebody I think I can't remember if it was Langston pointed at the screen or someone said in my ear, "Look at how tense." <laughs> and then if you notice, I throw in a real quick. These results are unofficial, of course. Yeah. Because at that point, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, like I saw the Norin, yeah. I was buying it, and then I read it, and I was like, something well, messed up. Don't worry, Weege. I was in the announcers' tower, and we had the same feed as you guys, and and yeah, it was, and, and they were saying the same thing. The uh, Megawatt was yelling about about these guys, so um, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just like I'm looking at it, going, no, 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 because you can see the drop off of the top four were right, and then twelfth uh, was the next guy who was, let's say, Barsha or whoever it was, and then it was yep. properly listed down from there, you know. So I'm like, hey, you got to yeah. take Norin, put him down here, and then that's the order, but no one was getting it, so. Um. <laughs> yeah, the problem is in that situation. There's no like we have basically, I think. 
seven seconds to say those results and get it back to Georgia or the show will run out of time. So, yeah, you could literally see I got through three quarters but of it. Like, and I was like, let's, oh, well, let's say like you even knew the results, like you knew they were wrong. You have seven seconds. Is it just supposed to be silence? Because you, I mean, you don't, re- you know that Barsha was up there and you know that uh, Purcell was up there, but I guess you're just supposed to. Well, be you know like, what I've done? It's happened maybe two or three other times. And if I know going in that it's suspicious, I just won't even mention those spots. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'll just say who's top three. Right, right. But in this case, I didn't see the screen until it popped up on the screen. And as I was reading it, I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, I'm Ron Burgundy. There's other times like the overall math is off, and I just don't even mention it because I'm like, there's no, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, JT, I mean, I kind of agree with you with Barsha. Like, he's, we've talked about it before. He gets paid a lot of money, and he's not delivering, whether it's injuries and supercross or, you know, when you hole shot, you know, you should be able to, and you're paid that amount of money, and you've won nationals. But I just think that's what he is right now. And maybe he needs the mud. Again, to come down. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and last year, last year with that start with Dungy out, arguably he wins. Oh yeah, arguably. Yeah, and you know maybe or at least he's in the fight. He, well, look, I guarantee you, he gives Kenny and Tomac all they want in that moto, not yeah. just shuffle back to fifth or sixth, and you know that's how it goes. You know, that's a start. Like if Bogle got that start, same thing. He gets shuffled back. If if yeah. uh, Tickle gets right. that start, Pike he gets shuffled back. You know, so yeah. Um, but still, that's his best result of the year, fifth overall. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. it's it's better. I just think I think he's – and trust me, we have no real vested interest. We're not the ones paying him. We're not the ones working, you know, 20 hours a day for him to succeed. So I'm mm-hmm. sure there are people scratching their heads more than us. It's just uh, – it's, it's curious mm-hmm. as to what's going on and why he can't find that, you know, form that he just yeah. miraculously found last year. Right. Um Bogle with six seven Sealy again uh, three laps to go. He's in fourth, I believe, in the first moto, and tips it over. Kind of like did you? I didn't, I didn't watch the TV show yet. We just, I don't know if you caught the crash. He like was going around the left hand rut, and I don't know. Like he just hooked up. All of a sudden he went yeah, and he like looped it out. Kind of flipped over backwards. It was a really weird crash. Sealy could have had Sealy no, could have had a four six day very easily. Instead he goes nine six. So but he's been good. Sealy's been good. Um, so look, I know that nine, six on paper, you're like, eh, whatever, but you give him that fourth that he had on lock without that weird old crash. Um, that's about, uh, um, six more points that puts him around fourth overall, fifth overall. So he was good. Uh, Pike was up front too. Uh, he missed a couple of races. He went to Hawaii. He told me. Um, and then he also told me in the post race when I said, you know, Phil was giving you some trouble and he just said, no, nah, Phil's in the way. Phil's in the way. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Pike, Pike had. A, I thought Pike was pretty good that first moto. Did you guys see his crash? He put it on Instagram. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, um, and he knows a, how to crash. Yeah, I'll he give does. Him that. They're always spectacular. So he could have went uh, two top tens very easy. He went thirteen eight on the day. So and uh, Phil eleven eleven. Shorty was better. That's good. It's good for yeah, short coming off Lakewood. Yeah. And uh, and Bichelia was 10th in that first moto again, and he was good. He was 11th in the second moto, four laps in before he ate, he ate, ate poop and crashed out. So Bichelia was, again, yeah. pretty decent. He was, yeah. And Grant Grant hurt his ankle. so um, Crash in practice pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, crash. But everybody I talked to at the Cali truck and, and other people said that he just knocked the wind out of him in, in, in the practice crash. So I don't know if he had anything to do with – you know, I think he he had his boot off and everything um, for his crash in the first moto. 
So I don't know if the practice crash anything to do with the, you know what I mean, with knocking him out yep. for the day. But I have heard rumors of Grant now getting his ankles fixed, and they're going to have a fill-in rider over there. Do you guys hear any of that? Uh, I have, I did, but it was from you. Oh, okay. That's, I don't think that counts. So nobody confirmed anything, though? <laughs> no, I didn't. Besides I didn't. just crazy me? <laughs> you know who the, Okay, we did you hear anything more, or was it just from me? Did you ever ask? No, same thing. Uh, okay. My source is you. Okay, all right. Yep. Yeah. What about the fill-in source? You guys check on that? Uh, same source. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because here, here, here's what would happen in that situation. Uh, what if I go check on that five minutes after they told you? Who are they going to think? Leak it. Well, you know, but you, you, somebody tells you, I go back to confirm it. And I'm like, oh, I can clearly see Matt. This took two minutes. <laughs> Steve, you have the phone number of the fill-in guy. Why don't you just find out? Yeah, I was on that. I was on that oh. with the fill-in guy. Okay. He's not cracking. He's, oh, okay. This is like, you know, I need no, some. They don't, they don't crack. Away. No yeah. These things are like state secrets. I, I don't know. Like he, this, this person doesn't really care, though. I, That's, that was the gist. He ain't cracking. Him, he ain't cracking. Right. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't feel good enough to put it out there right, but we'll see what happens. Right. Um, what else uh, What else caught your eye, JT, 450 class? Um, I was going to talk about Seeley. I think he's been kind of yeah. the feel-good story of he the has summer been. so far. Um, now, so, yeah, it's, um, talking it about, was a – Oh, sorry. I guess I asked no, you what I happened. Say, I, I did you. notice – the the field was it, it was a bit lacking um, the depth wise without Dungey and Kennard out there mm-hmm. I, I just felt like it whacked a little bit of punch um, when Tomac went out it was like ah eh, all right this one's over <laughs> in the first well, one, it, you know, it was, it was like your... I, I just felt like that was not a situation we had before this weekend because mm-hmm. Trey had been fighting up towards the podium and then Dungey's a threat every time obviously um, so yeah I was a bit bummed on that it was just kind of a, a letdown as far as um, even even strong racing in the top five, I think, has taken a big hit because of those two being out. Now, Kennard, Kennard has a, uh, a bulging disc in his back, which is sort of an injury that kind of happens over time. But I was talking to the Honda guys, and it was another big crash he had uh, that did it. So nobody seems to think over there that he's just going to be back this weekend. Like Honda said in the press release, he's week to week. Weege, did you get any more info on that? Yeah, I talked to... Uh... Dan Bentley said, it's actually the disc is causing his hand. It's hard to hold on. Yeah. So you know how that nerves weirdo stuff in the back works. So it's just hard to hard to gauge it at all. Like It just goes away at yeah. some point, but who knows how long. But, yeah, nobody, se- nobody seems to think he's going to be yeah. back this weekend, though. You know, so my question. Oh, I didn't get that vibe either way. Uh, I, no, my question I is, think. I wonder if Fast Freddy, is he, is he locked into that Rocky Mountain deal, or does he get to jump up on the bike? Dude, he just got fifth that second moto. Sign him up. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> um, came through Barsha, Bogle, Sealy came through all those guys. Well, yeah, and it was weird because with like five minutes left, he was in 12th, but somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it should be interesting to see what happens with that, um, you know, with, with Trey, how long he's out for and yep. if it's a week-to-week thing. But, yeah, Sealy's been really good. He's been a, he's been a, a real good story. Um. Tickle too. Tickle was good. He was solid. Uh, he does. This, that's just what Tickle does, though. He's just solid. You know, I'm not gonna wow you. What about Bogle? Bogle's in this mix now too. He is. Yeah. He is Bogle six, seven? And then, like he spent that whole race battling Sealy, Barsha, Tomac was there with him uh, for a little bit. Um, is Bogle solid too? Is Bogle a better outdoor guy than indoor guy? Because right now, I think he's been. It, is Bogle ever? Do we know? Do we have an opinion on Bogle's indoor versus outdoor skills? 
We've discussed this before. Have we? Okay. Um, yeah, I think they're pretty even. You were talking about how terrible he looked when you before he did Supercross, like as a as an amateur or something like that. When he was first learning it, Bogle. Yeah, he was horrific coming in. <laughs> right. Like one of the worst Racer X films I've ever seen was Justin Bogle at the Honda track. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously figured that out. And he I remember him crediting Michael Rocco, basically just saying, Hey, you just got to go for it because he was so bad in the whoops. It was almost like he was doing it on purpose. And I, I remember all that going down, but I think he's figured it out. I think he's pretty well-rounded to be honest you with think, you. And you don't think the rock sort of gently helped him out. The rock, the rock was very, very, <laughs> well, I remember him saying, he just told me like, you just got to man up and go. <laughs> <laughs> which is very Michael Rocco. Yes, right, exactly right. <laughs> but I think I honestly think he was much better outdoors, and he's figured Supercross out, where I think Sealy is kind of coming back from the other side. Yeah. Like you're kind of meeting in the middle from different pers- different sides, um, which I – whatever. I mean, Bogle's been there for a while. He won a, you know, um, Supercross championship. So um, I think it's hard to make that case, but I think initially he was much better outdoors. Right. Do you guys hear from talking to teams, obviously, look, like Bogle and Baggett and Tickle and Weimer and Dean Wilson, they're all in the mix for these rides, and they're all kind of the same dude. You know, yep. there's not – I guess maybe Bogle's got a more upside. He's, you know, he's a rookie in the class, but they're kind of all the same kind of guys. Uh, but, again, I'm, I'm going to be the asshole for saying it, but these teams are like, dude, Bogle wants so much money. Do you guys hear that? Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, and but again, I wrote that last year. And Button called me; he's all mad. Justin's dad calls me; he's all. I'm just like, what? Are you, I'm not making that up. I'm hearing it again. I'm hearing it from these teams again. They're like, I'm like, what about Bogle? Do you want Bogle? Like, because he's solid. And these guys are like, ah, he wants a lot of money. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. And then I just go on to another team, and they tell me the same thing. But I'm I'm the asshole. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. We'll see where he lands. It should be interesting, because really, like. Do you guys all agree? Like, they're kind of the same guy. Maybe Bogle's got more upside, but, like, Tickle, like, Tickle, okay, he got hurt this year, but generally speaking, Tickle beats Bogle a lot of the time and doesn't get hurt. Um, although, he, again, he got hurt this year. So, they're like I said, like, up there, the pluses and minuses of these riders are all the same, I feel. Yeah, I mean, Tickle got hurt really bad last year, too. So, it's, um, yeah, was that, was I, that, I think yeah, they all have pros was that last and cons. year or the year before? Year before. Well, he got hurt really bad at Toronto last year. Was that last year? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with his back. Right. Um, no, we didn't. There was no, have... there was no Toronto last year. It was a year before. Okay. 2014. Yeah. He, he was hurt really bad. Uh, they all have the pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, Tickle's, Tickle's a bit older, and I don't think Tickle's ever going to win you a Supercross or mm-hmm. um, in that conversation. He generally does worse when he gets a good start, which is very strange. Uh, where I think Bogle, people are still trying to exactly figure out how good he's going to be. Um, and that, I think Bogle's a great, great starter, and he seems to do pretty well when he gets a good start. So Baggett? Yeah, Baggett's, uh he's interesting. I think he's a podium, legitimate podium guy against any competition outdoors. Yeah. So that's a huge upside for him, and he's been surprisingly good in Supergrass, too. So I think... Uh, well, while we're at it, Dino? <clears throat> Dino, could, Dino has... The speed edge overall. Here we go. Here we go. He does. He does. He's a unicorn or whatever he is. What, what is he? We can work with speed. We can work with speed. He's a uh, – no, you guys called him something, you and Weege, just on the Dino bandwagon. You guys were – what was he? Was he? Really? Was he a unicorn? Was he a unicorn? He was a rare breed. Oh, I, I, I just remember we can work with speed. You got to let him roam. You got to let him run. Something about that. 
a wild, a wild horse. It's a wild stallion. <laughs> He's a wild stallion. He cannot be cannot be tamed. You just have to let right. him go. Right. You have to, he has to be free. I almost can't he talk has, to either one of you about Dino. It's brutal. No, I, I, the brutal. thing with Dino is obvious. The obvious downside is that he's never even on the track. That's, that's <laughs> no one can overlook the, that. The downside is you're <laughs> never on the track. <laughs> but when he's on the track, holy shit, is or do good things happen? Yes, the downside of Dino is just he's never on the track. Right, right. <laughs> but right. social media-wise. He's a guy that's actually on the track. If that's a concern of yours, then, <laughs> yes, then it's yes. going to be a problem. Yes, if you, want if, some, not... if you want somebody on the track, it's going to be an issue. <laughs> yeah, I th- that's the whole thing is right. so, much, so many millions of dollars in this sport have been paid to riders because they have a very high ceiling. Whether they reach that ceiling or not, generally they usually don't. Uh, but that's why Dino will get a, a job again. He'll but, get, I don't know if he'll get paid a yeah. lot like he did the last two years, but he will get a job again because of his potential if he ever realizes it. Um, and then, so, like, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the upside he holds over guys like Tickle is that he, he is capable of going f- as fast or faster than anyone on the track where I don't think that Brock is. Brayton, same guy? Yeah, Brayton's a bit more solid, though, and he is a – top five slash possible podium threat in Supercross, which we all know carries all the weight in the world, mm-hmm. which helps him sell himself over a guy like Baggett. Uh, just because, you know, Baggett will run circles around Justin outdoors, but mm-hmm. Supercross is what people pay for. Yeah, should be interesting. And Weimer, and Weimer had a good Supercross year, 10th in the points after a few years of injury. So Weimer, I think, is in the least has the least leverage of any of these guys, which sucks because which, we all, you know, think Jake's awesome. I was just uh, talking to him this morning before this podcast, yep. actually, and uh, he also admitted that, like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I'm not, you know, I have no leverage, nobody. Yeah, when you look at his age <laughs> and, you know, he just, he just had surgery again. I know he was able to race through it, but he just had surgery again. Um, it's just tough. It's a, he's a tough sell to go out and spend your money on initially. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if things work out and he's still there or a fill-in spot or the right. things that kind of worked out for him this year, that's all well and good. He's going to get your results. But to go out and spend your money when you still have budget, I just that's going to be a tough sell, I think. Yeah, and uh, I think Grant's going to stay at Cowie. I think that's going to happen. So I think that's worked yeah. out. I mean, he has it, been, dude, it's a been good. huge surprise. You know me. I've always been there for Grant. Always. Right. Uh, well, this weekend notwithstanding, because he went DNF, DNF. Yeah. But he's been good, man. He's been he really has. good. Yep. And I think there's something to it, Weege. Like, Weege, you know those guys pretty well. You know, obviously, I'm, a, I'm over there a lot. But, Weege, you know those guys well. They just love the, the – they fits in. They, they, they've got their guy. They've got their money guy, Tomac. They've got their winner, quote-unquote. They just want somebody. And Weimer was another guy that rode there for many years and fit in. They're, they're okay with that. There's other guys – that just are headaches, and Cowies are like, eh, he'll ride for this much money, and he fits in. The great Tim Ferry. Easy on that. Yeah. E- easy yeah. on that. They had Stu. He was that guy. He was capable of doing very well. Don't get me wrong, but there's no one on that, that was a part of that program that thought that he was Cowie's number one. But, you know, according, to Weege, to according to Weege, he was on, just bro. there for testing. He was just there for testing. Yeah, he was only there for testing. Yeah. Um, no, he was very, very capable. I know you're only there to set up the bike for Stu. <laughs> he, was, um, he was making like 10 times as much money as, as Timmy was, if not more. Well, Timmy should be the 2007 450 motocross champion. Well, you'd have to take that up with him, and GL might object. Um, 
All right, um, Noah McConaughey. Do you think McCon- Noah McConaughey gets his heat flooring and heating issues done at Moser Heat in Spokane? Because that's where he's from. He should. He's Learned riding really well. Learned one house and uh, didn't even mention that he knew who Genova was from racing. So I doubt he's taking advantage of this. Um. All right. Yeah. He. Uh, Dude, he's really improved. Like, where did this come from? Like, I don't he's know. Been good. He's pretty good. What's his story? I don't know much about him. Yeah, uh, I mean, I once we exhaust the Matthew McConaughey jokes, we're not going to have anything left to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's been good. Um, Cole Martinez is riding for Cycle Trader. He's filling in for Tommy Hahn, who I guess is going to be out for the summer. So uh, Cole Martinez was was all right. Good job for Cole. He was. For, for yeah, first, yeah. top 20s. Uh, good. Uh, Benny Bloss, as the card went up, he rode off with his mechanic. Um, it was very strange. Uh, he had a migraine. He, he had a migraine. Yeah, he had a migraine. So um, he just took off. I'm like, that's Benny. You're going the wrong way. Um, you ever had a migraine? No, no. Oh, I've, I'm new to the migraine game within the last year. <laughs> Congratulations. <or two. laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've, it's been a long aspiration for me. Uh, they suck. It's, it's literally impossible to focus or yeah. see clearly. Uh, you get this thing called an aura, and your eyes just go crazy like you can't see so if if he had a migraine which obviously you know he did there's no way you could race no possible way so i can completely understand what happened there i I think if unless you've ever had a migraine you just don't understand how um just how it incapacitates you like you just can't do anything you just have to go way down i'm positive i've given davy coombe some migraines over the years (laughs) i'm i'm positive um ben lemay heartbreak of the day lemay was 12th with like what three laps to go uh, in the first moto when his motor blew up? So yeah. would have been a really good job for Lemay. Chisholm, Kyle Chisholm got points, uh, screwing me over badly in fantasy. Uh, he was yep. the number one scorer this week in fantasy motocross, uh, which I picked him last week, which in a lot, I was not able to pick him this week. And I said in our NFAP fantasy show that all Chisholm does is finish the motos, and then he didn't finish either moto. But good to see yeah, Chisholm. My, uh, what? My own fault. I claimed that I was going to wait until high point to pick him, and I was persuaded by a friend of ours to not do that. But Chisholm will probably, JT, just get better from here, I bet. You know? I don't know what his um, high ceiling is, but he's now in the points, and his shoulder will be better. He works hard. He, I don't think he's got a top 10 in him in this field, but he'll just I think he'll start, start scoring points regularly. I think so. He's going to only improve. Yeah, um, that's you what know, I'm the saying. people that have not followed the Kyle Chisholm story as clearly as we have don't understand how good that he can possibly be um, at one time I mean, he was a solid top 10 guy every every yeah. single time out there so he's going to keep getting better he's going to be in shape he works hard he's just got to stay healthy that's yeah. the one thing that can derail this whole thing is another big get off um, before we we'll move on to 250s here right away um, but really going into Muddy Creek Weege I can see uh, Porcel and Muscan and even Justin Barsha uh, doing strong again this week in a Muddy Creek. That's all their kind of tracks and their kind of series. And, and you know, I could see these results kind of like these guys all had sort of the best finishes of the year. So I could see it happening again. First of all, uh, I just want to say that I have Fox Sports 1 on my TV right now and they're showing Monster Jam and I'm eagerly watching Damon Bradshaw mow his way through the qualifying bracket, working his way to the final, so I'll keep you guys on top of that. Thank you. Looking great. I, I, it's so, it's so brutal. It's so brutal what's happened to Damon. Oh, you, that's bad for you. You don't like it. You'd rather just see him doing nothing? Would that be 
Is this like uh, the, lo- the you know the eighties heyday rock band, like working local wedding gigs or something? I, I now? think actually that, that's you know what that's actually real real close. Yeah, that this is like seeing you know uh, Bon Jovi just uh, on um, Directv yeah, do it doing uh, doing a wedding. You can now hire them out um, because yeah. yeah, this is one of the greatest motocrossers of all time. The, and he's just in monster trucks now, and he loves it. He loves monster trucks, and it's it's well, just sad. Well, don't worry. He just handled Soldier of Fortune, no problem. <laughs> Good to hear. He got Soldier of Fortune covered. Good to hear. Uh, at one time, he handled everybody in the world at racing dirt bikes, but now yeah. he's handling Soldier yeah. of Fortune. He didn't handle the pressure. Soldier of Fortune. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think uh, that's fourth for Porcel. In the first moto. And it's the same thing you see in any series. You get a guy or two that breaks away, and then the rest of the group is just like interchangeable parts. Um, you know, and then, like we saw, say, in 2007, which you referenced, if somehow all the guys that were winning the races all got hurt, that group that was once unbelievably closely matched, someone out of that group would then become the guy <laughs> yeah. that wins all the time. Yeah, it's funny, huh? The way, yep. Yeah, it's just the way confidence works, because it's like, Sealy's riding well, and Porcel's riding better, and Barsha got better, but isn't where he wants it. So, like, none of them are coming off the track saying, I got this. They're still like, I need to get more. So they're still shuffling and trying and changing things, and the results go with it. So, yeah, that fourth, I think, for Porcel was kind of quiet. But, I mean, that's way better than he was doing at Hangtown. And now the team says that basically the injury that Porcel had in March was basically the same thing Dungey has now. So, so he's it's basically months, he's but, basically an American hero yeah. slash French. Well, it was just funny that you know at first it was going to be a six day injury and he was going to be back for the next Supercross, and uh, here we are three months later, and it's like, well, what took so long? But now it's like actually the fact that he came back at all, even though it was more than six days, was impressive. Both so well, took longer and shorter than it should have at the same time. Despite Amazing. despite Porcel and Marty not being big fans of mine and Anderson blocking me on social media, Bobby Hewitt has told me I am welcome underneath his tent. So that is good. I might go over there and check in on Porcel and Marty and Anderson and see what's up. Maybe we'll have lunch. Yeah. I would love to see you just walk in there. <laughs> Plus Carmichael was there this weekend. Any of those situations I would I would love yeah, to R- do video it. RC was there. He was uh I don't think he was a legend and a hero. John Ayers just narrowly beat him out, I'm sure. Or maybe, I, I don't know how that works, but but he was getting interviewed. He was part of the opening ceremonies and everything, which I don't know if anybody's noticed. RC has sort of distanced himself from the Nationals over the years, partly due to a monster deal, I'm sure. Um, it's surprising to me a little bit, but he was back this weekend at High Point. He was like in full force being carted around, and he was his kids were there, and he was chilling. It was good to see. I, I, I always assumed, Weege, that he'd sort of distanced himself because of Monster and Feld, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it was. Uh, I know, like, the first couple of years that I did TV, he would come in, you know, race or two a year. And there was still a time that he was doing it, even when the outdoor switched from Monster to Oh, Red really? Bull, he okay. Did, uh, he did them. Yeah, he did one of the Lake Elsinore's with us. I'm trying to remember what year that would have been. Because uh, it was funny. I remember it was the end of, uh, I guess it would have been 12, for example, because I don't know if you guys remember, when Carmichael made his return for Loretta's, he got beat at an area qualifier or a regional by Jeremy Martin, who was – not at the time the Jeremy Martin we know now. Uh, it was like a huge thing. Like, dude, this kid Jeremy Martin beat Carmichael. That's unreal. And I think Ricky wasn't too pumped on it. And I remember the last race of the year at Lake Elsinore, I think J-Mark got an eighth in a moto. Mm-hmm. And I remember Ricky saying in commercial, he's like, 
I can't even beat eighth in the 250 class. God damn. <laughs> You're shocked. It was, it was really funny. But then, as it turned out, it was now it looks okay. Right. Because now we know how good Jeremy Martin turned out to be, so it's okay now. Yeah. Well, I think, you know what, there's been some changes that fell with some big higher-ups, and I think there's a bit more synergy between motocross and supercross series than there's ever been. Todd Gendro's kind of running things now. I'm interested. I'm keeping an eye on it um, to see how it works because – for years and years, they wouldn't reference the series. Ralph would say, at Vegas, Ralph would say, see you at the Monster Cup, everybody. These g- Jeff, talk about what these guys, you know, what they're going to do from now until the Monster Cup, you know? like yeah. You're like, hey, yeah. jerk-offs. There's a 12-round series. But I think it's better. And I think maybe Ricky yeah. coming in, and I think Todd being in charge, there might be a little more synergy. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing for our sport. Bradshaw just beat, <laughs> just beat the Lucas Oil Truck. Great. In the semis. He's going to the finals. All right. With that, let's listen to this commercial on the uh, Motorcycle Superstore Racer X podcast. Uh, PB-Pulp16 is the code to save yourself 10% uh, participating brands on MotorcycleSuperstore.com. And they got everything you need to get out and ride. Race tech suspension, Michelin uh, Starcross 5, brand new tire. And Michelin uh, uh, supports... Uh, um, Travis Estrana, among others, and Race Tech has uh, used code Pulp Panic 16 to save yourself money with some suspension tech. We'll be right back here to quickly discuss the uh, 250 class. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the MotorcycleSuperstore.com RacerX podcast. Thanks for listening, man. These things are going great, and I'm stoked with the responses from everybody, and uh, you guys have been doing a great job with the downloads. Don't forget the Fly Race and Moto 60 show on Thursdays, the Pulp MX show on Mondays, the NFAB Racer X Fantasy Show, sometime in the middle of the week. And a Motorcycle Superstore, they're a passionate team who speak moto. If I'm talking about going riding, bench racing from the latest company ride to the latest parts and gear, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with the top brands in gear, accessories, tires, parts, and apparel. You want to save there. they got everything you need to get out and ride. Go to the website to check out their inventory of brands, uh, over 700 of them. Do you speak moto? If you do, go to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Use the code PB-PULP16 to uh, 10% off participating brands. PB-PULP16 saves you money. All right, let's get to these commercials from Racetech and Michelin and MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks for listening. See you after the break. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin 
Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version of the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire was wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage. And normally, you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit. But this, uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses: key for reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction handling. They do it all. Starcross Five, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out. The local dealer people. These guys no tires and they know what they're doing and we're back on the motorcycle superstore.com racer x podcast presented by fox racing by the way foxhead.com um all right 250 class well he did it wacko zacko fastest qualifier took the moto win tied for the overall i've been there for him Weege. i've been there for wacko you rescued him you brought him back to the united states Correct. It's actually, yeah, I, I did. I smuggled him in. He was, he was, yep. he was in a steam trunk. Um, it's interesting though, too, uh, that it's his first win, and you think he would have won by now. I honestly would think that he would have won by now, but that is his first professional win in America. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I was, I was impressed, and the cool thing was he even got a little emotional there on the podium in the first moto. I hate when these guys try so hard and work so hard and it's a whole life deal and Zach's certainly been through his ups and downs in his career and then he gets there and they don't act like it's a big deal. So luckily he actually did. Yeah. And although the overall, I mean, you could easily be frustrated knowing he tied for the overall and lost it. Coulda, coulda, coulda. Seemed like he was still pretty pumped anyway. So good for Zach. That was great. Um, I have a question. Yes. I have a question. And this is, I know this is going to be met with uh, very harsh feelings and probably you're probably going to call me an idiot. But bear with me. What is the massive difference between Zach Osborne being in the 250 class and Martin Davalos, his teammate, being in the 250 class? About 36 career starts. About 50% well, less starts. Well, keep in mind, starts. Zach started a year earlier than Martin. But he has less than half the, rate, the lineups. The, the more you race supercars, the more experience you have. Zach went to Europe for whatever, four years, five years. And he was in the 250 class there. And he did not race any supercrosses. But but we can all agree that supercross is a different breed. It's like, you know, Hurlings or, or Geyser could come over here and, you know, be these world-class riders, and they might, I don't want to say look like goons, but they might struggle in supercross. We've seen it with Tortelli or Albi or any of these guys. Um, so there's just 38 starts to 70 
nine starts or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Okay, so it's it's just the sheer number of starts that they've gone through. Yes, yes. If Osborne, you know, if Osborne, but Osborne has a kid, and you know my theory on that. If you have a child, it might be time to move out of the regional class. So, um, yeah, I there's, think just a, there's just a huge difference no, in your attitude. No, but I, I think it's justified. Weege, can you can you tell us what you think? I think with uh, Matheson, I'm not agreeing with you, but when I, I'm, I'm going to help yes. you articulate your point. Yes. Uh, Brett, uh, shoot, Bradshaw just lost. He lost to son of a digger. He doesn't lose. Nobody loses. They just they don't step on the gas fast enough. That's it. That's the only thing. There's no skill. They just maybe maybe it was a setup. Maybe the setup was off. Right. Son of a digger took him down. Bradshaw second place. Um, I'm going to help you articulate your point on Davalos. Your Davalos thing is both a quality and quantity issue. I know you're very big in the eye test. You usually use the facts or the stats to prove your point. But in addition, I believe there's a general toughness. He's faded. He's been hurt. He's pulled off. He doesn't do well outdoors where it's tougher. I feel like you have an additional, I'm not seeing necessarily the effort or the toughness from Davalos to justify the paycheck, whereas with Zach, no one would ever say that's an issue. Well, yes, yes, some of that. Uh, Marty is very injury-prone. He's averaged four outdoors a year over 11 years, so he's injury-prone. He can't finish a motocross series. This goes back to Mookie not racing outdoors. I'm very upset about that still. Don't get me started on that. Like, I don't get how these guys can make millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars for 12-minute main events. That's not right. That's not what you should look for in a rider. And and on top of that, Marty's had great equipment for eight of the 11 years, seven of the 11 or 12 years, and, and so is Osborne. Os, Osborne's had good equipment. Yamaha yeah, Troy was, was, I think, was still pretty decent when he was there. Dixon's, Dixon's bike is arguably no, one no, of the fastest on earth. That, yeah, I'm just talking since he's been here. So right. um, Osborne completes outdoor series. And I, I, I honestly, truly, it's apples to oranges to me. I just, I don't understand. When you go to GPs and you go away to Europe and you don't ride any supercrosses, you don't do any supercrosses, you know, I don't see how you can compare it. I just don't. But he's still, he started a year sooner. He's been, and he's never raced anything but a 250. Yeah. Yeah, but he's just okay. experienced. I mean, when you go to Europe, I think everything kind of He was racing stopped. in Europe yeah, on a 250, it, just like Jeffrey Hurlings is. Right. Okay. So you're going you're, you're to shit think, on... I cannot believe we've... I cannot believe... Thanks, JT. We've fallen into this Marty trap again. This thing yeah. is... It's like the video game where you can't get to the next level, the same spot you always die. I, I, didn't, always. I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring that it up. That was Soda Popinski on Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I could not beat that dude <laughs> forever. He was so good. Um, Soda Popinski, yes. And then I thanks, finally so, beat right. his ass no, one day. I finally did it after school one day. It's awesome that you're him. shitting on Zach's win. That's cool. Great. I'm not at all. I, he, wears the, he wears my gear of choice. There is no one shitting on it. I'm asking because I don't have a problem with Marty or Zach or any of these guys. They can do whatever the hell they want. Make as much money as you can wherever you can race. If you have to race a 100cc motorcycle in a circus. Stank dog? And you're going to make more yeah. money doing that, right. then I suggest you do that. Right. Because after all this is said and done, when you're done, it's all that matters is that you were happy with what you did and that you mm-hmm. have as much money as possible. I agree. And I've switched I've switched a little bit on Marty to wonder what the hell is going on with these team owners and team managers that sign that sign him. You could get an Alex you can get three Alex Martins for a Tonus, for a Marty, 
uh, you could get a Gannon Audet. Not anymore. Alex. Alex well, yeah, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, but in the past, yes. Um, yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, Osborne got a, I think he'll be better. He's had a so-so start, and I think this – th- Muddy Creek's a good track for him. It's his home track. Kinda. It is. Yeah. So, uh, JT, I think he starts – I think he steps up from here. I think this is the beginning of the Wacko Zacko uh, top five every single moto. Unless He's th- going to be great at Muddy Creek. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing, and this is not breaking news, but the biggest thing that's going to hold Zach's success back the rest of the summer is going to be the start. That's it. I if he gets good starts, he's going to do great. If he doesn't, he's not. I thought you were going to say that, in fact, he, had to, he has to babysit. <laughs> uh, tea time? <laughs> yeah, tea time. Tea time after yeah. practice. Right. Not going to say he anything. He was blowing up uh, some sort of some sort of like inflatable giraffe animal or something when I saw him after practice. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. These are things that's going to yeah. co- prevent him from winning. Tea time oh. and blowing up animals. Was he making balloon animals? <laughs> because I could maybe want one of those. That would be a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, JT. Zach has had one good start this year, and he won that moto. Second moto, he rode well, but the start wasn't as good. He seems to struggle. Last year, the starts were a huge issue, too. Um and at Colorado, he told me, he's like, he just, I'm just going to take the inside gate because he pretty much knew the start wasn't going to happen. So just take the inside gate and hope yeah. he can salvage something. I've so, been there with the Tim Ferriss. One good start and one moto win. If he could get better starts consistently, we'd probably see more wins. I've, been that with, I've done that with Timmy Ferriss. Let's take the inside, bro. We're all going to suck. Take the inside. It doesn't always work. Oh. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Martin brothers, did you see Alex go by Jeremy in that first moto? And just, oh. I got to go. Later, bro. Like, Alex Martin First is, lap was impressive. Dude, this is unbelievable. It, it's just an incredible story. Jeremy also was, was good. Uh, either Both of them had the overall, had their bikes not broken. And it looks like the same problem. Um, both motos lost coolant. Um, they were not so stoked afterwards. Not very stoked either, brother. So Figured out why they lost coolant yet? I uh, haven't. No. I'm not sure. Um, no, I, I don't know there now. And even... Um, to defend them for not explaining it, uh, Mathis, you and I both talked to Bones and Pro Circuit, not even the same team, and he said, you never really diagnose the stuff of the track. You just swap motors, yeah. replace everything, and worry about that part later. Yep. Um, although, I guess they didn't think about, okay, we swapped out Amar's motor, we're good. What if one of the other motors Yeah. the same yeah. problem? Yeah. That, that, yeah. Um, um, Colt Nichols. What does that mean, uh, yeah. What? They, they got it in for the Martins? What's up? I don't know, man. Plessinger's bike's fine. Yeah. Bike's Webb and then Harrison's bike worked like Harrison. charms. Very so, good. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And both of them are leaving the star team next year. So we're not we're not really putting this out there, are we? No, we're not. No, but no. No. But there was there was there was who looks worse, the team. It's their bike that broke. They would never do that. Uh, no, no, I do not believe that. No. Absolutely. Um, they were fast. Alex was unbelievable. Alex told, uh, told me afterwards that he had some experience with bikes blowing up JT. So he, he knew how to nurse it. He, he really said that. He's like, luckily some of the things in my past have, have happened. I know how to kind of nurse a bike. And I, you know, he, cause he, you did notice he nursed it a lot longer than Jeremy. Um, so. Um, I can't believe you're even bringing this up. I can't believe you're going back down this road. No, I'm just, I'm, I think it was funny that Alex brought that up. I didn't say anything. He yeah, said, I'm, I'm staying far away from that. He's eleven ten. His bike had a lot of problems. That's fact. And uh, I have he no idea he, what you're talking about. He said he knew how to nurse it. So I don't know anything about that. Um, I heard James knows how to nurse it too. There's a. I'm not going there. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm not going to talk about that either. Hey, okay. there's a battle brewing, though, Weege, with Cooper Webb and press conferences. There's a battle brewing. Uh, Cooper's been booking flights and things and hasn't gone to press conferences. And, and uh, I mean, he was kind of made to do it this week, and I don't think he's too pumped. But he, he did it. He did it. It's be interesting to see how it goes from here on out. Sounds like who was that that had to do it? Kind of shocker. Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb. Webb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's that, Weege? Uh, yeah, and uh, just to fill you in, any two there, JT. Yeah, he skipped. I think it was his podium. At, I don't think he's podium at every race so far. Two of the two of the first three. He I skipped. Think, no, he no showed it. Three of the first four. I think he skipped them. Well, the, well, we only had four races, so he did this one. Oh, yeah. I think he. I think he made the podium in two of the first three and skipped the press conference. Both. I don't think he was in the podium at every race this year. Okay. So one, he made the podium. I think two, he skipped. So yeah, supposedly, uh, Jeff Canfield, the Iron Fist, yeah, of MX Sports, said you skip the press conference again. We're giving you 40th gate pick next week, no matter what. And I have to say, that's fair. It's not a. It's not a press thing, really. If he's going to get the advantage of flying home, you know, at 7 p.m. on Saturday. And his competition isn't, you know, sleeping in his own bed. We all know what it's like Sunday morning rushing to the airport and you sleep three hours yeah. after one of these races. I mean, that's a that's a difference in, I would say, your performance, your recovery, blah, blah, blah. If he's going to get that advantage because he doesn't have to go to the press conferences and his other riders are, well, they're all going to start skipping him. Yeah, no, he, so, so I would like it. to see this right. in the rule book. Or maybe they'll send a picture of Weimer skipping a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he did it. He did it, though. He was, yeah, he was. But how can I don't, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think they could do that. I really don't think that that's they could literally do that. I think they would. Uh, I just don't think that's possible. I don't know, but shouldn't they? Well, I don't know Isn't if they it? should or shouldn't, but I don't yeah. think it's in the rule book that you can do that. I mean, but this I don't is see a non rule conference, and then say there's nothing we can do. You, we have it. You just keep skipping it. There's we're not allowed to threaten you in any way. Like because it doesn't say in the rule book the penalty for skipping the press conference is so he can right. get away with this all year. Like you got to do yeah. something. I, why I don't I mean I, our press press conferences are not mandatory. It's not in your license. I've never signed anything saying I had to go to a press conference. It's a huge advantage for him compared to the other guys if he's taking a flight you know twelve hours earlier than they are. So I think that's right. why you have to saying, somehow. By the yeah. rule of the law, I don't see how they can say, oh, you skip the press conference, you're starting 40th. I would be like, okay, please show me, or I will have my attorney be in contact. Oh, here yeah, we I go. Don't... No, seriously. <laughs> I would think that there maybe could uh, use some sort of general, you know, professionalism representing blah, blah, blah guideline that can somehow umbrella all that mm-hmm. stuff in. Yep, the umbrella like, clause. For example, when J-Law, was there a rule about J-Law rolled a rental car and he was suspended for that race? I'm sure there wasn't a, if you roll a rental car, you will not be allowed to race rule. So, <laughs> I don't think there I mean? is. But, yeah. I don't think there yeah. is. Right. So uh, they might be able to invoke some sort of Anyways. general. Yeah, I, I don't want to hang up on this, but yeah, it's interesting. Right. So. We hung up on enough topics here. Anyway, he's salty overall. So it, the pe- I wasn't at the press conference. I was trying to. We had Chase Dell there, so I was getting other riders at the time. But anyone that was there said he was giving, like, one word, cutting people off answers. I mean, I saw Webb approaching the media tent and the scowl on his face. I was like, what's up with this guy? Yeah. Um, and then I heard, oh, he didn't want to go. He got threatened. His answers were terrible. His answers were basically, yes, no. I rode like shit today. It's on me. There's a chance that his whole attitude is actually just he's pissed at himself for not doing well, which – certainly fine. Yeah. They're athletes. They're allowed to be mad at themselves. So maybe it's that. But then I go over to the post-circuit truck, 
Savazi's win was uh, the least happy winner you're going to see. He got nearly got docked, I guess, for jumping the wheels on the ground flag. So he was very suspicious as to who was pointing that out, who was out to get him. Right. And they all had to do the pee testing, which is almost impossible for these guys to produce enough pee. Yep. So after an hour of uh, you saw the guy staring at his while he tried to pee, and an hour of you might have your win taken away via protest, um, Savaji, I think, was not in the greatest mood. He goes over to the pro circuit truck, and they're like, Webb came by, and I guess Webb was yelling at the team. At the team. team? Why? Yeah, on his, as, on his way to the press conference that he didn't want to do, <laughs> they claim he yelled, good job jumping on the Red Cross flag at, over in the general direction of the team. Oh, well, yeah, I think Osborne's team and Osborne were uh, – Zach started yelling at the AMA guy or the MX Sports official about something, and I assume it was this red flag thing that they looked into. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, so Webb yeah, was – I believe came from Osborne. Webb just – was throwing was so salty he was had enough salt to throw salt in the wounds. <laughs> well, I was talking to Seth Rarick, who, who who's uh, Webb's buddy that goes to all the races and, and and Manfred, basically. And Webb was there, and we were talking, and, and I'm like, I told Seth, I'm like, he's got to do the press conference, man. And 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 Seth was like, uh, you, you know, we got to fly. And I'm like, hey, you got to do it, man. You just made you know twenty five thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars or whatever you got, and and you represent Yamaha. You got to do these things. That's it. And um, then Webb came out from his one word press conference and his anger and he never even looked at me or anything. And we had a decent relationship and he just was, he was, uh, we have to go Seth. And of course, Seth being the loyal friend, he just, the conversation was over and they left. So, um, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, what's going on? You should just do the Marshawn Lynch. Just do the Marshawn Lynch press conference. (laughs) I'm here so they don't find me. Yep. I'm here so I don't get the 40th gate pick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I'm Um, just trying to figure out why he was so, so mad. Yeah, third overall. Um, he didn't ride great. He went three five, and obviously, on, honestly, both Martins probably should have beat him. You know, had they not had those problems. But I mean, you know, hey, yeah, whatever. You know, so. Well, no, he admitted that. Like he admitted, he said it's on me. My wrist is fine. Right. I just rode. Well, yeah, well, I rode like. So is this all just he's pissed at himself for not riding well, or is he pissed about five other things and that? That's yeah, maybe maybe out. that's it. Seth said he doesn't like the track. Doesn't like the track at all. So there's something there. Oh, okay. Um. And Savachi now, JT, you brought it up. I was going to say that too. Three out of four wins, everybody. Like maybe we're not, maybe we're not giving him enough credit, or I don't know. Maybe we're not talking about him enough. You know, also too, uh, he signed a one-year deal, so his deal's up this year. So he is going to wow. cash in either four fifties or stays in two fifties. Either one, he's going to cash in. Um, but uh, three out of four races is no joke, JT. Like this is this is for real. Now he he has a twenty-point lead. Yeah, I just think if he wouldn't have pooped the bed at Glen Helen, what he would be doing to these guys. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's been great. I mean, if you're picking favorites at this time, you know, right yeah. now, I, man, with his, where he trains at is in the heat. Uh, this weekend coming up is going to be the first quote-unquote hot race, I think. Uh, it's supposed to be 91, and we know how the humidity is at Muddy Creek. So I think it's going to be a, a scorcher the first one of the year. And I think he'll be up for that challenge. You know, I think Jamar will be too, and I think Amart will be too. But he doesn't have a lot of seeming weaknesses right now. Um, and I like where he's at mentally too. He sounds like he's – he feels like he's supposed to be winning these races. And when he doesn't, it's kind of like, well, you know, that's not acceptable. I'm, I'm the best guy. So that's interesting because going up against a two-time champ, you'd think he would be a bit more – uh, happy about the way things are going or, or 
unexpected to be having a 20-point lead, but he doesn't seem that way. He seems like, like this is kind of what's supposed to happen. Yeah, he's not. He's not a great interview. You know? He talks about Ricky a lot. Well, that's not why I said that. <laughs> um, well, I know. It's just yeah. that's, like his, that's his go-to. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, he, he never seems that pumped or that stoked or anything, you know? And, and that's fine. Whatever. That's his personality. Uh, we did you listen to my post-race podcast with Cincerillo? Uh, no, because I talked to him, too, so I, oh, I know I did a I better did. job, so I bother, okay. I did. bother. If you want to go there. Yeah, you did. How about him just kind of going off on a little bit of a rant slash confession about, I may not be what everybody thinks I am, but I'm working yeah. hard. Like, he got yeah. deep a little bit, huh? He has, and I think if you follow him on social media, you've seen that in the last year, maybe less. Uh, he definitely... Um, is coming to grips, and I think he has a firm hand on it um, that he doesn't really care what people want him to be. He's just going to be who he wants to be and do what he can. Um, yeah. And I think that's that's a common theme. I mean, you look at how Bradshaw panned out. I mean, there was so much pressure put upon him that it doesn't seem to always go all that well. So um, we all know this, the struggles that Adams had, and it hasn't worked out the way he and everyone else hoped it would. But I think he's doing the right thing. He's just like, ah, screw everybody. I'm just going to go race my dirt bike and do the best I can. Um, and I hope that's truly where his mind is at because that's really all you can do. Yeah, all worrying about everybody's expectations and what other people are projecting onto you does nothing. Yeah. Um, you just got to go. You got to have to be the best racer you can, and um, results are going to speak louder than anything else. So if he sees it that clearly and can understand that, then yeah. I think that's, it's going to help him long-term. It went from a how's your day at 10, 11, 10, 10, 11 day, getting a whole shot and leading you know, four laps to this deep interview. Well, I think, yeah. I think that's, that's bred from getting the whole shot in the second moto. And when that happens, everybody's like, oh, man, here we go, Cincerillo time. You know, like, let's see what he's got. And then when you know, he goes backwards like he did, I think that prompts him to get into the conversations about, I'm not worried about what everybody thinks I'm going to do or thinks I should be doing or whatever. I, I'm just trying as hard as I can. You know, I think, and I, I think if he would just got like an eighth place start and gotten sixth place, I don't yeah. think he would have gotten that deep, but I think yeah. winning and leading laps and then fading back to 11th where everybody's kind of like scratching their head, like what the hell just happened here? I think it kind of brings out that side yeah. of him where he's trying to kind of defend himself. Yeah. Yeah. He told me that, uh, uh, he says he's like it's, it's just frustrating. He thinks the reason he's crashed so much, and not even these huge injuries, just you know he's he's had even in the in, he's had a bunch of tip overs and stuff. You look at last year that didn't injure him. He just has these weirdo crashes. He had a bunch the first couple of motos this year. And I'm like, what do you think that is? And he's like, I think I just can't handle getting my ass kicked, and I have to be able to deal with that. And I said, plus, what is it like? A lot of these guys you're racing are guys that you've raced. I mean, just everybody talks about him and Cooper Webb. I think that's a little overdone. They didn't race nearly as much as I think people think they did. But, like, I remember, for example, Plessinger being in his class on 80s, and it wasn't even close. Like, they weren't rivals. And now it's like, oh, Plessinger went by Cincerulo. It's just how it goes. Um, And I'm like, do you think about that? And he's like, honestly, I can't let myself. It's like it's bad enough that I'm getting my ass kicked. But if I start thinking about those things, then I don't – I mean, it would really wreck him. It was – Similar, I think, what you had. Like, we know that he's probably one of the smarter and more articulate guys out there. So, and he's been through hell. So, I guess it's not surprising that you're getting him to explain it uh, better than other guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, unlike he, other guys in that situation, 
you know, I, I feel like he still hasn't accepted that lot in life. You know what I mean? Like, there's, he still believes, which is good, that he will eventually be doing what everyone expected him to do, which is win races. So, he certainly hasn't like decided. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. I'm just going to be the solid. He, eighth place guy for now on. He knew, you know, you know, he told me that when he got the whole shot, he knew he had nothing, you know, he wasn't going to stay there. He, he hadn't been riding much. His shoulder was sore, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, he knew that he would drop back and that was it. And that's all I can do. Yeah. So, uh, Forkner was good again. Forkner's really good. Uh, this is just, but I feel like that was oh. more, that was that ride on that weekend on a track that he probably hasn't raced on a lot was much more indicative of what I expected to see from him all year. The the breakout rides that he had early in the season, I did I didn't see those coming. They were very shocking to me. This high point ride was much more in the line of what I expected to see. Top yeah. 10s, 58 solid five, eight, but yeah. not not ready to win race yet. Uh Colt Nichols was 8th in the first moto until the last lap when he fell. He went from 8th to 13th. So he had an 8-6 day in his in his Back pocket, real easy. So good job for Colt. That's a good ride. Um, best one of the year, I think, for him. Uh, Jordan Smith crashed in the first moto while he was up there. RJ Hampshire hit another flagger. So that's two and four races that he's hit. Um, yeah. Marty crashed in the second moto. Did you see him? Uh, he was in the mechanics area and they went to go put fresh goggles on him. He was just like, no, no, we're, it's over. It's over, bro. And he's probably just too sore to keep going. Uh, I thought that was funny. Marshall Welton came back, 1918. He did. Yep. Long-awaited return. Um, Luke Reslin had a terrible day, and Luke terrible. Reslin, ter- Luke Reslin is not off to a good start. That is for sure. That is not very good. I will. I will circle back to this on Wednesday. <laughs> fantasy hashtag fantasy. Yes. Uh, what else, Weege? Anything else? Uh, no, I think the Savaji, all that stuff, uh, the, the uh, USADA testing of these races is hilarious. I mean, the, well, they did, they drew blood on Friday, right? And then, yeah, so they drew blood on Friday and I was talking to a team and they're like, oh, oh, round five or round four, they're testing. Oh, just happened the dungeons out and now they're going to test. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm yeah. just like, mm-hmm. oh God, stop it. This is an organization, USADA, definitely known. For pulling favorites, definitely no. They're <laughs> not coming down on superstars. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I believe I know it wasn't Usada that was technically Wada with the James Stewart thing. But honestly, if I had a dollar for every Stewart won't get in trouble because he's too big of a star, well, what happened? What happened? Yeah. So yeah. when people say things like this, how much more evidence do you want? That yeah. Armstrong's been taken down. <laughs> in our sport, James Stewart, who's the biggest star, has been taken down. So yeah. what more evidence can we – every major league baseball player, the biggest, most historic records, like this does catch up to people. Ryan Dungey is not avoiding it. <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous Are, the at this te- point. The, some of the teams are just out to lunch. They're just nuts, and we got to deal with these people. we got to listen to these theories. <laughs> you just go, oh, man. Um, yeah. But they drew – I think the assumption was, oh, you thought it works out of Colorado, so they will be there at Thunder Valley. So mm-hmm. then they pull an end around and show up at the race after that. To make it random, yeah, which it's supposed to be, and even that looks like it's done on purpose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, I was saying the hilarious part is just the I don't know, JT. Have you ever had to do it? Have you ever had to do the like in the Supercross days or anything? The P test? Not or, not blood. No, I had to do yeah. P test. Right. No, the P test is the funny one because no one can do it. Like they just cannot produce. 
it's like an hours long process. Well, and then the, you yeah. know, I, you dr- I did mine, and you know, they go into the bathroom like to test guys with you, and I I just remember making like really awkward jokes like "Don't act like you're not impressed" as he's like you know standing over there watching you pee. Um, but yeah, it was pretty uneventful back um, then. It, it was such a joke compared to what it is now. Well, also too, if you drink too much water, it's no good. It dilutes right, it. They it won't let you do it. it. So you can't just yeah. pound water nonstop and hope to pee. You know. So um, yeah, and they drew blood on Friday and, and pee on, on after the race, and everyone was talking about that, and some people were upset. So um, anybody like making like Rambo reference, like you drew first blood. <laughs> I don't know, JT. Uh, hey, uh, JT, Stank Dog. Stank Dog got a point. Got a point. Got a point. I think it's the gear, personally. <laughs> you can you can use half the CCs and still get a point if you wear that gear. You know me. I've always been there for Stank Dog. Good job, Stanky. I talked to him after the race. I like Stank Dog. I don't know why he's riding 125, but I like Stank Dog. <laughs> uh, 20th place. So, had he been on a four-stroke, he maybe could have got, uh, you know, 12th, 13th place. Double the points. Yeah, double the points. Two. <laughs> he could have got two points. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, we have talked about him in the same way on this uh, podcast. Yeah, no, we probably wouldn't have. No, oh, I mean, do you think answer. that since he? Yeah, would we talk about a lobster claw boy? Yes, if we saw a lo- we saw some freak, we would talk about them, and that's since what we're doing. Right. You're got a point. question. <laughs> yeah, but talking about a, a lobster claw boy is not like something that's awesome. Did I do you love lobster. Give him money once. I did. I gave him five hundred dollars. Yes. Right, so you're you can't, you're constantly like I don't know why he rides the 125, and then you end up flying the flag for it higher than anyone. You're answering your own question. I was pressured by Hollywood. I had to do it to not, to not to not look like a dick. You gave the vital. So, all right, look, you hear that? You hear that child in the background? They're also upset about Stanker riding 125. Also upset. No, that's just cheering. Everybody loves a cheese stroke. <laughs> here, we're doing a little experiment right now on RaceRex Online. We are going to do what was the coolest moment of High Point, and we're purposely doing this just to put Stank Dog in there. And we know that Roxanne going 1-1, extending the points lead, Savachi winning, extending the points lead, Osborne getting his first moto win. Those will lose for sure in the voting to if, Stank Dog getting 20th. If there's two headlines on, on CNN.com or, or whatever website you follow, and one of them is, Man gets hit by truck and dies. And the other headline is, man with lobster claws gets hit by truck and dies. I'm clicking on the lobster claw headline because I'm like, what? Lobster claws? A guy doesn't have hands? He's got lobster claws? I'm clicking on that one. It's, it's, it's sensationalism. It's clickbait. It's, it's whatever. Yeah, go ahead. But you got a point. Go ahead, or you should ride a 250F. I'm very confused. You're, very, you're giving me two different answers. Why <laughs> not? I'm saying it's just a circus freak. That's it. Is that good or bad, though? You just said he should have ridden a 250F. He could have got 12, but then you're singing the praises of how much more attention he gets and literally money out of your own pocket because he didn't. I'm saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Oh, I see. It's good for you, the reader, to see the lobster claw. Yes. It's not going to be the one that has yes, the lobster claw. Yes, yes, exactly. You're not going to be, you know. All right, I'm done with this. It's ridiculous. I, I I like Stank Dog. Just get on 2 the F, though. If you're a racer, you're a racer. Try to do the best you can. So, that's it. That's all I got to say. Um, all right, anything else? Is that it? Uh, I'm not going this weekend. So, I will be. there will be no wrap-up podcast from Muddy Creek. Or I still do one. No, how? I'll be, in, I'll be in Europe till Wednesday. Oh, sorry. Yes, we won't be able to do it Sunday night. <laughs> no, I mean... So, standard. Should, should I call you guys for on Wednesday and we can do a GP Muddy Creek wrap-up? Sure. 
Yeah. Do it. Yeah, maybe we will then. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Uh, MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Pulp, PB-Pulp16 is the code. Save yourself money there. Fox Racing. Foxhead.com. I should make you read that read. Do that read, JT. Global innovation leader in motocross racing. No, no. I don't think anybody wins in that scenario. Uh, and uh, we thank everybody for uh, listening. Weege and, uh, and JT, thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, we will convene next Wednesday for a Mantova, which, JT, you've ridden that track, so you can also I have. You can join in, uh, yeah. slash Muddy Creek um, uh, wrap-up. So, all right, thanks, guys. See ya. Hey, new issue of the magazine now. Slide down oh. cover. Oh, 50th yeah. 50th anniversary of motocross, special issue. Oh, and, and it's a real, now. hey, wait, we, yeah, we got to talk about yeah. that. Uh, there's also a story on high point cards. That's really cool. High flyer cards. High, sorry. Flyer. high, f- yeah. high flyer cards. Yeah. <laughs> like a yeah, where, where are they now with yeah. all the 1991 high flyers, I think. I don't know, but that's cool. That's something that you're well, not going to see on the, years, so yeah, 1991. You're not going to see they that on the web. Those you're not going to see that on the web, people. You're not going to see that on the web. And, uh, yeah. So by the magazine. Rising star. Subscribe. Oh, his hat. What about his hat? In yeah, that, solid. In that photo, Tim Ferry's RRP hat sitting on top <laughs> of his head. It's ginormous. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, check it out. Just subscribe to the magazine, people. We're going to stop doing these. So, yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you. See you guys. See you. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. You know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. 
I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled the pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.